0: Welcome to Melangela's Soul Garden Podcast, the platform that makes a change. We'll be helping you to navigate a new life, boost your potential, grow spiritually, enjoy nature's ways, reinvent a creative you, and so much more, hosted by Melangela. If you would like to be notified about new episodes, you can subscribe to my newsletter, where I also share some exclusive contents. There will be no spam, and if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. You can find the link to the newsletter in the description of the episode. Now, on with the show. Enjoy. I'm really excited uh, to have a very special guest today, originally from the Philippines, but currently residing in New York. Welcome, welcome, Grace Sagra.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Branka, and yeah, I am near New York, just an hour away, but I'm in Princeton, New Jersey, but before the COVID time, I feel like I'm a New Yorker because almost every week I am in New York.
0: (laughs) Right. Now, a lot, and really a lot, could be said about Grace, um, she keeps herself extremely busy, but I'm going to just you know, put it in a nutshell and um, mention some of the things relevant to today's topic. Uh, and this is from her bio. She has been in the holistic wellness practice close to four decades. She remembers back in the 1980s when she first arrived to New York to work as a nurse, That meditation, yoga, smoothies, self-care practices, and foods like greens, oatmeal with cinnamon, dried fruits, and nuts were not just a buzzword. She had studied under experts who were trailblazers in bringing truth into the mainstream healthcare system. She powerfully blends pre-ancient indigenous ancestral healing practices, conventional Western medicine and quantum energy science in upgrading our DNA to reclaim its original blueprint connected to the source. I really love this one. She came full circle in her nursing training and experiences from, experiences from community and public health care in the Philippines using herbal treatments, food medicine, and rituals. To hands on clinical practice in critical care nursing for 20 years, and now back to public community health care, working with clients diagnosed with dementia their caregivers and all others who reach out to use alternative energy medicine. Now, wow, I, I simply I simply cannot imagine my life and that of my family uh, without being uh, able to grow some of our foods uh, or at least buy you know produce grown from local farmers. And I know it must be quite a challenge to do so in a metropolis like New York, but growing in the Philippines uh, must have been an entirely different story for you to that living in New York, I would imagine. <laughs> so, and I do know that um, paying attention to uh, to food and nutrition, um, is something that that you do on a daily basis. So, can you give a can you give us your take on nutrition, on diet, and where to go in a place like New York to um, you know shop for good food?
1: Oh, thank you very much, Branka, and th- you know it's You are correct with uh, the difference, or in my experience in, in the Philippines, especially in my little city it's kind of like the city Legaspi is like both urban and rural although um, we lived our, our family live in like a, a slum area so we didn't and the slum area that's like also the low economic area and there's even a lot of squatters there so we didn't really have also a place to plant however in my uh, there, my mother had happened to have a little uh, land area where we were growing like um, some plants and so we had some avocado trees and we have some lemon trees and so that was right and coconut of course almost all families when I was growing up have coconut trees and lemon trees banana trees I would love that (laughs) I would just love that (laughs) You just go out when you're ready to cook, and that's the difference. And you pick the fruit, and we usually before we pick the fruit and we ask permission or we say thank you to the tree, to the plant, and we pick it, and then we start cooking it. And the same thing as if there's a chicken running around, um, you know, we bless the chicken and we thank thank them for being with us, and then that's what you eat. And then the eggs also are their already right in your back backyard. So that's wonderful. So then landing up landing in New York and living in Princeton, New Jersey. So they're both like um, especially in New York. Um, the best thing that I was able to do is the first few years I learned to go to Chinatown. So in the Chinatown, there's a lot of familiar oriental food, oriental vegetables, and just that kind of like the whole market is similar to at least how I grew up, not to the extent that it's huge and endless food, but so in the, in the Philippines and in New York and Legazpi and in New York. So every day you go to the market and it's a wet market, and also it's the vegetables are just like outside, just like when in any kind of, like it may be perhaps in your area where um, on summertime or springtime, there are produce outside. So that's, but in the Philippines is every single day. So that's the kind of, you know, that that kind of setting. So I guess in nutrition for me, it would be so important that We do home cooking, preferably from scratch. Now, if it's not from scratch, then it would. When when I say not from scratch, so now if you are in like in a place where you could buy frozen food, so it better be also good kind, and you cook it right at home. So. So home cooking is number one secret for nutrition, because you can control all the ingredients. You, you, you put your love in it and hopefully you enjoy doing what you're doing, whether it be a so simple food or a complete, complex food. And so then in, in nutrition, when I was growing up, we really ate a lot of vegetables because it's affordable for us, not even knowing that that is more important than having even the fish, the eggs, the, the, and another type of meat. Although between meat and fish, um, the, the fish was cheaper, and so we enjoy that. When it comes to dessert, it's basically a fruit is what we imagine as our dessert. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, not no no candies no cookies and that's again a treat if we have if we see in a store and then we have um, some extra money then we buy the candies or the we buy the, the the cake but those are really rare the first dessert is fruit if we have something sweet it will be again a home local maybe rice rice sweet dish then that's Okay, we, we
0: make that. I'm just thinking, is that typical of any uh, Philippine family or does that have to do with uh, how much money you have? What I'm saying is, does all, fruit always come first? And uh, um, I'm, I'm just thinking also of the tradition of making cakes in back in the Philippines.
1: Um, well, okay, well, uh, on during my time, it's really the tradition of all families, okay? That's the, f- the dessert that comes in their mind is uh, sweet. It's sweet fruits, ripe fruits. Um, because we say not all of us have, have ovens. I didn't grow up in an oven to bake a cake. If there's something that we consider cake will be the steam cake or, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have a steamed rice cake and you know how in Asian restaurants, they have a steam bun and we yeah. have that. so everything has to be steamed. Like the cassava cake, I remember it. Now I, I I know that you can do that also in the oven, but how the way we, my parents and my aunts do it is there's one layer and there's a big pot of water and it just keeps boiling and you put it inside there. So if you think about it, there it's an even better way because it's not you know you're not killing every chemical every um good nutrients in the food by putting it in the oven for like 300 or over you know 400 degrees so it's all inside and it's just boiling water and doing that so yeah no no the cake is um very rare
0: uh, which is really, good which is good I love the story I mean um, traditionally you did the best thing possible you yeah. just ate what was available and what was best
1: yeah and, and 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 we didn't really buy the cake to bring in the house it's like we we eat it outside if we have an opportunity. Like for me, my aunt, my godmother will invite me and she's already a lawyer, she's, she has good income. So she said, hey, you wanna go out with me? And then I know that she'll treat me to a nice spaghetti special. <laughs> That's special in the Philippines. We're growing a a spaghetti and that comes with a cake after. That comes with a soda after. So it's like, that's my treat or an ice cream after. That's why when when I started to earn my own income, I used to take my mother once a week and buy her uh, the drumstick or the chocolate ice cream bar.
0: Oh, how sweet that is. (laughs) <laughs> okay, now to go back to New York uh, still. Um, so where to go in a place like that uh, to to get a good organic food?
1: It's very easy now, okay, than in 1985 when I still arrived in New York. So I, li- I was living in the Bronx and I would travel to get a good connections, uh, a small, there was no Whole Foods, no Trader's Joe, but New York is still the source of some type of natural food store so I will travel and to take the train in the subway that still takes an hour just from one spot to place in New York to another but now it is very common so there's a lot oh okay now I take that back because it's COVID time
0: so, okay, okay, let's let's forget about the COVID time because that I,
1: just confused everything. <laughs> yeah, but But there were a lot of resources in New York. Almost every corner will have some type of smoothies now being prepared, okay? And there's a lot of little shops to get that. And of course, if the farmer's market, especially in New uh, um, in 14th street is very, very popular now there's again in almost every corner where there's a park in New York there will be some type of, of as uh, is on farm is from springtime to fall so there will be some time then farmers coming from New Jersey, New York, you know, just upstate New York. So that's all. So it's it it, again, more than ever, it's easier to be healthy because it is accessible now. It's just up to us to like try them open our eyes like, oh, I should go there. So from from um, natural food store to street vendors it's available already yeah.
0: okay grace but why tell us of course we know some of us do but why is it so important to eat good organic um, home-cooked if possible food because some people say oh i just I, I can't be bothered why you know take so much time a lot of time gets spent um, preparing the food why the reasons why oh well,
1: well first I've- I believe that my body is precious and I am, that's a, that's a present that the source that God gave me. So if I want to really enjoy my life, I better be healthy. So I grew up not very healthy, meaning sickly, but I, I didn't end up in the hospital but I just knew that I wasn't feeling my best not in the so best said,
0: shape yeah yeah probably yeah so,
1: so I told myself I, but I I like to be active I like I like to dream big so I said it's common that the best thing is keep your health So that's why. So if you want to be healthy, if you want to have to really enjoy your family, enjoy traveling and not be sick when you're traveling, because that's the worst, I think, when you're Mm. traveling and be sick. And if you want to just really continue to do your live your dream or pursue other things, your first asset is your body's health. And now more than ever, you have to do that because the whole world is bombarded with a lot of things especially our food okay from pesticides to even the fertilizers that they place and then because of all years that we've been abusing the soil so then the soil itself is depleted so it is like if you want if you want to be healthy then if you don't want to end up also in so many kinds of medications, because the more medications that you take, the higher risk for anything that will happen. And of course, there's a lot of studies when it comes to being happy. I I noticed in my clinical experience that people who are of depression, who uh, who may have some psychiatric diagnosis already, if you ask them about their lifestyle before, they really were eating crappy food. That's number one. And of course, be, be, because you don't feel very well, then you end up also not being happy. And, you know, we everyone wants to be healthy. Everyone wants to be happy and everyone wants to be successful. But if you're not healthy, then you have nothing.
0: And you have so nothing, those- yeah. Now, in her practice the pre-ancient ancestral wisdom is brought forth as that primary source for health restoration intertwined with the experiential knowledge that consciousness is the foundation of everything. And by saying this, I really touched something that I so firmly believe in, namely, when you, when we change our thoughts, the way we think, incredible things happen, Uh, new synaptic connections get formed, you actually um, create entirely new chemistry that is released into your body, you get changed on the inside and and out, Um, and inevitably the environment, the people around you act differently and that's the magic isn't that like a bit like a boomerang i'm thinking uh you know you just throw it out into the sky into the sky and um it revolves around and it's you know circles around for some time and then hits you back surprisingly enough with that same type of energy they say only multiplied in force and i'm i'm just thinking of this brilliant system that the universe uh, apparently has in place when good behavior is rewarded and bad behavior is punished. Isn't that so? Maybe not always, but I would like to believe that what you give out comes back to you multiplied. So I better be sure I do good to myself and to those around me. So, what, what is your take on that consciousness and the mind and what we can do with that?
1: I strongly agree to what you shared. In, in, in fact, in my indigenous um, way of um, living and way that we were raised, behavior is very important. Although we have all those um, strange ways, perhaps, when you know, to other people on healing. Uh, like doing some ritual, it's because they address right away that although we feel our body and it's so physical, we can touch on as well as touch others, but there's always something beyond the physical and in that physicality actually is where consciousness is housed also in that physicality. That's why we, we cannot indo- ignore our body because that's also part of that consciousness, like everything becomes consciousness. They're all living things. And it's, it may be um, hard for people to really be convinced that our thoughts and everything is part of such greater soul. And it's in our positivity, and it's in a, the way we release that um, negative things or negative feelings. Just as when you said, uh, what did you, you mention about something that you know? Um, just just making sure that if we can release that, that's all like part of that consciousness that will become a reality. Because. Uh, yesterday's conversation, we had that, all of us have that intention and that we always say that our intention, it always be good to be that honorable, kind, compassion, so that could intention that for the greater good, as well as for your good. But then the challenge is making that into a reality. Mm. So that takes work and that takes practice, that takes every minute of being aware being aware and all these things that are happening that may be questionable that, may, you, oh, I know and I, re, I remember what you said that then the negative behaviors will be punished. At the moment, we may think it's a punishment, but then if we just kind of let go again of that feeling that it's a punishment, it's very interesting that, oh, it con- it cons- cons- it's contributing again to mm-hmm. something to the positive thing, all right. So and so it it, it's, it, it in in fact, when someone mentioned yesterday that um, it seems like in the consciousness, both negative and positive were created together. There's always a, 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 you know, I can understand that. But then we can, we even have to go beyond the thinking of the negative and the positive, because the thinking negative and positive becomes now a dichotomy. It becomes a, you know, a division again. But we, what, what consciousness is really how I look at it, and, and it will help us not to be feeling bad is when we could think of it as oneness, as wholeness, so that in each of what's happening, whether it's, we think it's favorable or not, it's really because it is all in one. I think mm-hmm. in so, and then when I think like that, my imagination goes beyond our own cosmic, our own galaxy. And, you know, that's why I said, you know, we have to keep being healthy so that we can continue to, accrete do that accretion process of frequency that could go as beyond you put that very nicely so how do you encourage
0: uh maybe caregivers those who take care of dementia patients how do you encourage those to maybe take a look at things from another angle from different perspective
1: of um because this is this is
0: hard right
1: yeah it's it's really hard um especially it's even harder when you know a lot of things because you you, I, you, you can initially say oh, why didn't you not take care of yourself before or you know th- th- sometimes i can think like that but then i just stop and yeah mm-hmm. what words come out of my mm-hmm. mouth mm-hmm. will be loving words mm-hmm. so So always, uh, always operate from that heart-centered love, whether it will be the word that you might want to say or the action that you might want to say. But it's not that you're allowed to, you know, not to be perfect because nothing is perfect. But in that moment that you notice it, then just pull yourself back and operate on love. And remember all the time, the good times, if there's any. And no matter how, maybe if there's the relationship, even before the Alzheimer's or dementia may be questionable, because, you know, there's certain relationships that are like that. But there's, in everything, see the joy in it. Just find something, because I think when we are caring for care, loved ones who are suffering with dementia and other chronic condition, it's really the mirror for us. Mm-hmm. The mirror for us, it's our food for thought, food for our lifestyle to use it. It's like also the spice when we're preparing food, you know, that it could spice up on how we make things palatable or be just enjoyable because there's always something in there if you come from that thinking process from your belief you know and from your heart then it could be okay
0: and i'm just thinking for us observers of dementia and alzheimer's patients those things could be like could function as stepping stones to more wisdom because you never know i mean first of all it is so easy to slap a person in the face, isn't it? And to say something nasty, where in fact, all it takes is to hold back and count to 10 and utter a loving word instead and give them a hug and a a nice comforting word or two. And that makes an entirely different, I mean, world becomes an entirely different place to live in, in in my view. Now, To reclaim our health and and, uh, general well-being, of course, paths are different from one country to the next, from one culture to the next, from one tradition to the next, but inevitably also from the way, the energy level of one individual uh, to the next. So um, it is important to understand what what we we, we are doing here. And... um, you mentioned already uh, some of the things that you that, that are part of the Philippine healthcare practice. Uh, you mentioned rituals and herbal medicine as well. Can you just like in a nutshell touch what you so elegantly combine? And that is the ancient practice the indigenous practice of the Philippines and then the holistic practice and also the conventional uh, Western medicine in a nutshell. Maybe, um, I don't know, um, like a common denominator or things where these three practices are entirely different.
1: I can throw some keywords And that will really be also a commonality among all nations, among peoples, like family, family, and it doesn't have to be blood family, extended family, community, and laughter, Mm -hmm. music, fun, and of course food. And when the food, oh, let me add a prayer too, because those are like the ones that I keep seeing how my people, the Filipinos like survive many times. Like, ah, they always, when we gather, whether it will be, before it always be a face to face. So that family contact communication in person is so important. I will, I remember when we just kind of stop and visit someone without letting them know we're visiting. So, okay, so that then of that food thing, that food more than ever, and keeping your culture, but you can upgrade it. If you if the kind of food is not very healthy, just change some ingredients and it will become healthy. And then you can enjoy it with your family and with other people. Okay. And then a the prayer from a distance, prayer togetherness. And when I say prayer, incorporate also your meditation. Mm-hmm. See, we didn't have the word meditation when we were growing up. But then we and now. But then, when I heard about meditation word, I said, "Oh, that's what we were doing already." You know, just being staying quiet. So that's that meditation. All these things, if the, you can just kind of keep remembering. And in that family, you always weave also respect, right? When you re, when you weave in that respect for one another, and that's really all the keys to invisible things that will make us healthy. And as you mentioned earlier, what chemistry happens in the body. And so those are very, very important things. Uh, uh,
0: Especially for the Philippine way of life, or would you say they are also present in the Western uh, healthcare system um, and, and the holistic approach?
1: I just experience it primarily in the Philippine system, when we can really be, we can laugh a lot, even in the midst of illness, even in the midst of crisis, even in gatherings for someone who died. So that kind of experience that I, you know, I see, and we brought that. As nurses, as caregivers, we brought that to the whole world because we there's a lot of work Filipino workers around the world, and they will always actually remember that the Filipino caregivers, the Filipinos who relate to each other are or co-workers. This we we just put that into our plate, and those Mm -hmm. are the biggest contribution that we Filipinos give to the healthcare system, okay? So you you just seem
0: to live for one another. You are there for one another, Um, very, very uh, sort of uh, closely knit together, right? I'm just thinking of the Western traditions that may be a bit different, but my question to you would be uh, taking responsibility, taking ownership of one's health, in my view, so many people these days um, seem to think along the lines of, I was born this way. It's not my fault. Or I'll go and see the doctor and he'll fix that for me. What is your comment on that?
1: Oh, that's still common, you know, and I I, I don't know what else to say except that. I guess some people have their journey that they have to wait when they mm. really get sick, mm. or, or even if they get sick, it may never happen. You know, so um, there's such a thing as karma, and um, yeah. and it could go back to generations. Generations. It would sometimes you even think that how come I can understand it to think like this, and then they don't, but. It just, I, I stop asking now who, who, how, you know, why and how come. And I just see, you know, I share what I can share and see what if they're kind of open. So that's when you get be sensitive and mindful. If the person is open to hearing some more, then I'll share some more. Like this week, I have a um, meeting in a Zoom and that person is really, whenever I speak about Wholeness, he he seemed to be always challenging or, you know, say the opposite. So finally, I just sent him a link of video yesterday that was just perfect for what he's talking about. So and see what happens. So you just keep planting the seed. So for those Um, the viewers and the listeners who know that you are already in your path of wellness. And if you are surrounded with people and family who you would want to bring them along, the best way to really invite them is through yourself, through everything that you do. Because when you're around them and they see you, sooner or later, they'll be asking you many things and you may think that they're not listening, but trust me,
0: they do <laughs> i have met yeah. an
1: experience like that yeah <laughs>
0: you just radiate so much positive uh, energy really grace <laughs> so joy my next question for you how important joy is in your life and what you do to have enough of that because sometimes <laughs> it is a bit of a challenge when you need to work like really hard and long hours uh and you get home and there's this and that still to be done so joy, being joyful.
1: For me, everything is a practice and meaning you live it. You keep living it at my, at the beginning, it may be just like faking it, maybe. You know, you're faking it when you smile, and you when you're other with other people who may not even be so interested with you, and you just keep putting all that little seed. And when the, the, the thing is when it's it's just like brushing your teeth, right? And then you know you never forget it once you know how to properly brush your teeth, or riding the bike. You once you know it, so that's the same thing as finding joy or feeling joy. Um, I I wouldn't say that there. I have no moments when you know. I don't seem to see joy, but that will just be brief because you, it becomes now an, an innate to you that you become, you see joy. The beautiful thing with that is it, joy is a part of making things into making your intentions become a reality. Okay. And, and that's when, it, it, that's when I, Now remind myself or bring back to myself to remember that my true nature is that inexhaustible love, compassion, and wisdom and joy. So if I can keep on doing that, then it is really inexhaustible. However, sometimes it's the best thing when you don't feel joy, when you feel it, it's awesome because now you can feel the contrast of it, you know? So it's, it's always there, um, just like when people are artists and when they're artists, they just have like, almost everything that they see is art. They can see what, what is excellent in this part, or you would see it's everything is art. So that's the same thing as when we can keep practicing to find the joy. So right now in any situation, whether it's a difficult time, it's always with personal, family, community, the whole nation always find joy because it seems like there's it's always there, but it's up to us to take it and enjoy it for ourselves.
0: I just um, keep thinking about joyful, um, joyous person. Um, you need to, as you said, Plant that seed. And also one thought comes to mind. Fake it till you make it. Sometimes it's hard, but if you put a smile on your face, if you just put a smile on your face, that triggers your brain to feel differently somehow. And within a couple of minutes, amazingly enough, you start really feeling different. And then, and I I must have read it someplace that it's a kind of a massage to the brain this the muscles you know around um that just prevents you from being sad from being worried and the mood changes accordingly so i just say put a smile on your face uh, which is sort of like my mantra as well and things will change for the better your final words grace yeah
1: well, I am first. I'm really grateful that you invited me to be a guest, and thank you so much. And I, I just wanted to um, share to the audience that you, you're never really alone in anything that you do, and you know uh, all the difficulties, all the joys. Let's just since, uh, since I like to eat, and just like think of it as all parts of spices, delicious things, and that sooner or later, you may not fully understand now, but if you just put your trust that you are, as I mentioned not too long ago, that your true nature is that inexhaustible source of love, compassion, wisdom, and joy, then you can get through all the trials and tribulations. And the best thing is that all these other things that you need, like in your journey to learn, whether it's for your health, whether it's for your career, then it will be just like, uh, it will come to you. So now if you're a good gardener and you just welcome it and you just put everything in that together and just keep operating from your heart. So that's why what I can share with you.
0: So keep operating from your heart, dear listeners and viewers. Grace, where can our audience find you?
1: Um, I have my presence at least on the social media, in Facebook and on, uh, um, uh, mostly in Facebook, but I am also on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. And my YouTube is uh, active, so that's Quantum Nurse. That's the that's my podcast, Quantum Nurse Out of the Rabbit Hole, and for I have two websites: the GraceAsagra.com and also the QuantumNurse.life. So those are the things that um, you can where you can connect me, and don't hesitate to just ask a question or just say hi. Boo. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, And please do make sure you do that because Grace is really amazing. So, again, her podcast is Quantum Nurse Out of the Rabbit Hole from Stress to Bliss. And make sure you also visit all her other sites and go to YouTube as well. Thank you again, Grace. Thank you, dear listeners, for taking your time and staying tuned. Um, And I do invite you, of course, to visit uh, my own podcast, Melangela Soul Garden. Um, Till next time, keep smiling, Melangela.